Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Fam, Friends, and Magic, the Magic the Gathering podcast about magic and the gathering. My name is Bill Grennan. Everyone calls me Brasky, and today I am joined, as always, by the mighty Linguini, Caroline Cavanaugh, and Lady of the Crease, Nicole Callahan. What's up, fam? Hey, howdy, hey. He's hey, going to leave it out there? Howdy, You're just going to leave it hanging? <laughs> I was going to leave you hanging. You're just going to leave it hanging over there? <laughs> I wanted to see how long I could take silence. Turns out not very long. <laughs> true. true. I would have so. stood with you in solidarity, in silence. No, you already hate how do you hate. Yeah, but I, that's because I was really excited. I didn't know the plan. True. <laughs> if you ever want to win like an actual bet with Caroline or like put some like real like hardcore money on the table, it's like, great. I will give you this sum of money if you can be quiet um, for five okay. minutes. For what it's worth, when I worked with children, we totally did a full day of silence with a small group of kids. It was great. I how won often, easily. How often did you leave the room? No, I just used a piece of paper. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. All right. Well, we'll use that for the next podcast that I'm pretty sure everyone will love listening to. When we're all <laughs> just, just like scribbling in paper. <laughs> just over and over again. Yeah, but there, there's nothing to be quiet about today. Because uh, today, as of today, which is the 31st of March, as we're recording this, is uh, the, the organized play announcement and uh, Wait, what we're going to be talking about today. We're recording something when something actually happened? I know. It's as wow. if we have shifted our schedule towards those things. Take that, other podcasts who have a consistent <laughs> schedule and posting route. I don't know. I don't use <laughs> the Twitters and all that other stuff. It, it doesn't matter. It's fun. We're first. All right. We're before anybody else, I'm pretty sure. Wait, let There's me check. There's no way we're first. Let me check Apple Podcasts. Crap, we're already behind three of them. All <laughs> right. Gosh, dang it, tap, tap, concede. Um, but regardless, there you has can, been... You can choose podcasts. already out We could... That's a deep cut from the last episode of doing Ta- the Nikachu's Taking more folk to the pro tours, I assume the name of the episode. Hi, everyone. It's Nikachu. Today, we're going to talk about going to the pro tour with Merfolk. So before we do that, make sure but to Nikachu, hit like the, the pro tour is going to be Pioneer. It's going to be Pioneer. There's no Merfolk in Pioneer. I can't play this thing. That's that's basically what that we're going to yeah. do for the entire time. We that was great. Invite, we need to invite Nikachu onto the podcast and have him talk Merfolk for, <laughs> with us for a while. And why we can't make a Merfolk Grixis deck. But... <laughs> Before we do that, and before we get into organized play, I also want to know how the past week or so has been for my co-host in the world of magic. Caroline, how was your week or so in magic? I played magic. What? Get out of here. Really? And I, I even I even chose to win at some magic. Chose to? <laughs> yeah, it's a great decision. I'm, um, I'm, I'm waiting for your magic article on Choose to Win by Caroline Campbell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Paula's out here talking about luck and magic, and I'm like, no, it's a choice. <laughs> you either choose or you don't. Choosing to win. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a great article series, actually. It's all about what's in my magic backpack. Um, uh, no, yeah, I went to a local modern 2K. Um, I was going to bring Grixis, like, Merktide, uh, Death Shadow and then the night before I guess Luis had been streaming the like Death Shadow list um, without without uh, without Grixis without a Merktide <laughs> I was like if you, I was like what it's a Selesnia Merktide list <laughs> yeah. that seems odd yeah. Um, and uh, yeah he said that he recommended it and so I switched I mean switch is kind of a strange term I put in like I took out seven cards and I put in seven different cards. Like it, they're really not that different. That's less of a switch, more of a pivot. Yeah, 
you know, a little like sneeze, as one would say. Yeah, a, little, a chew. Oh, where's my yeah. black card? Like that's that. A, that's well, no. Where, where's my work time? Oh yeah, that's it. <laughs> um. So yeah, I, then I I did well, and I made top eight of that event, and I took all of my life's earning, earnings at that event, <laughs> and I turned it into a giant Pikachu, which you can find on Twitter. Yay! It's, true. it's, true. it's we'll about sure the size to... of my torso. <laughs> we'll make sure to retweet it at fam underscore podcast. Yeah. Um, but it was really fun. Uh, got to meet some, uh, we brought Sam and uh, another friend, and we met some other local people, including VML participant Cora. Um, and Cora actually made Top 8 with me, which was pretty fun. Um, so that was cute. And yeah. VML like, running the tables. Yeah, I like little modern 2K little events. Cora and I drew in the last round, actually. It was nice. She could have crushed me. That would have been sad. I'm glad she didn't do that. So in attending this in-person event, even though it was kind of like an LGS event, how much knowledge of what you need to put in your magic bag was applied to participating in this event? Well, it's quite funny that you randomly bring this up and not know the story behind it. But okay, so we went to this tournament and I normally bring a backpack with me and I have like uh, a play mat. Sometimes I bring Sam a play mat, even though he doesn't want one. And I have usually our decks and our water bottles and some snacks. And you know what? I just wasn't feeling Magic Mom today. I was, that time I was like, you know what? I'm not going to bring a backpack. I packed my deck box into my little like tower, and then I have my this like satchel thingy that goes across your like a seatbelt. It's like a fanny pack, I guess. It's <laughs> um, a fanny pack for your hip, you know. It's well, yeah, but you wear it like it's like cool to wear. It's it a cross. Back. It's a cross body fanny pack. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I folded cool. up my my play mat, just my play mat, inside the little pouch, and then I put a little deckless sheet and a notepad in my wallet, and that's all I brought to the tournament, which is this little bag, on my deck box, and then. <laughs> But I also brought two sweaters and a water bottle, which I didn't have space for. So I would sneak them into Sam's backpack and then and then brag about how I brought very little to this tournament. And how I was like, wow, look, I was able to keep everything in this tiny, cute little bag. And Sam would just be like steam coming out of his ears. Because <laughs> he was packing your extra layer and then some. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, Caroline, you're being ridiculous. And I was like, I know. <laughs> That's no awesome, information. Though. Yeah, but to you know, jump in, play some modern, play some paper, cons- you know, constructed magic, and do a just a casual top eight. That uh, because because you know, Caroline decides, yeah, I'm going to top eight today. So there it is. That's that's how that goes. Yep. Chose Res- to win, y'all. Respect, respect. I choose I to win all the time, but winning does not choose me. That's. The- <laughs> I did. Uh, I did play against Jund a lot. I was going to say, was that your local meta? Like, what was the local meta like? What was the big... Was everyone playing the same stuff over and over again? Or was it just... I guess. Like, I played Jund round three, four, five, and top eight. New Jund or Boomer Jund? It had Grist, so I guess New Jund. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll give them time to learn the error of their ways. But while they learn all of that, Nicole, how was your week or so at Magic? Uh, I was pretty uneventful. I actually didn't do much besides my VML match today, which I suppose I chose to lose. So <laughs> I am now three and three there, but that's, that's been it. And I'm looking forward to casting for the VML tomorrow night uh, with both Aria and Maria. So it's very exciting. Oh yeah. Yay. That's exciting. <laughs> Fabulous. What did, what did you bring to the VML match in which you chose to lose? I played the Celestia token. 
not it's not tokens. It's just like Selesnia good cards. Um Yasharn, Skyclave Apparition, Luminar Gasparant, Wandering Emperor, uh Run in Seven. You know, it's just like good green white cards. That's the, that's kind of the showing of someone who has chosen to lose is like, what happened? Ah, I lost my VMO match. What'd you play? Uh, Selesnia something. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's kind that's of usually- that's kind of how deck selection went down. Cause like I actually played my last match earlier in the week. I've been playing a lot on like the weekends because of how things have worked out. And this last time I played on like Thursday or Wednesday last week. So I had a few days to think about my deck list. I'm like, I'll worry about it later. And then all of a sudden it was Sunday at 11 PM. And I'm like, I need to pick out a deck. So <laughs> it, w- it was Selesnia stuff. Yeah. At that point you just basically like just closed your eyes and just clicked around the screen and next thing you know, you went, hey, Selesnia, great. Right. Somebody played Standard today, right? Somebody Ship it. a tournament of some sort. Yeah. So, so let's go. What happened? I copied a limited deck and threw 20 extra cards <laughs> in. Like, that's basically what happened. That's kind of what, what went down. Well, my, my week or so of Magic has been, I haven't played a lot of Paper Magic because I've been busy with work and other stuff. So most of my Magic has been on Arena digitally. But I got to say, continuing on from the last episode, how much I am enjoying this this Kamigawa Neon Dynasty limited format. I have been playing it any chance I can get. And uh, so much so that, like, if I'm... I don't play that much Arena. Like, I, I will play Brawl. I'll get some quests done. I'll do enough of what I can to kind of match all of those things. But uh, for the most part, like, I will never really get above, like, gold. Like, like gold one or two if I'm ever playing, like, a Constructed or any other format. And so far, I've been playing enough limited. Like, it's still... In my limited experience of limited, thank you, I uh, I've found myself <laughs> sitting at, I finally like got the untapped.gg like uh, overlay that tracks your stats and does all that kind of stuff. And I'm looking at it, I'm sitting at plat one, I'm almost at diamond, and uh, sitting at like a 60% win rate doing all the premier drafts in Kamigawa Limited, which has been super freaking fun, and... I'm at the point where the format's getting to, we're getting to the end of the format. So I'm just drafting based off of like, screw it, why not? Like, that's what I'm doing. I'm not making conscious decisions of like sensible mana choices and stuff. So this time around, I'm currently in an artifact creatures deck. Yes, it is Grixis. Yes, it's justified. Trust me, I swear. Only because my pack one pick one was the Mech Titan (laughs) core. And then my pack one pick two was the Mech Titan core. So I'm currently playing with two Mech Titan cores and then picked every artifact creature I could find with a little bit of fixins, and here we are. And uh, I'm currently, I have made Mech Titan once. I won that match. I am one and two. We don't hmm? need to get into it. Green is broken, and they cheat. <gasps> Wait. What? I'm that's just, that's just That's just my opinion. You're going on the record to say that green is broken? And they cheat. Green is cheaters. That's... Wait. I mean that's my that's that's from my commander days. I don't play green and commander like out of principle. Are they broken because they cheat, or is that they're cheating because they're broken? Yes, to both. Ah, okay, like the, yes. their their souls are broken. Yeah, it's like a chicken and egg situation. Also, like you know how a, a, a you know a, a square is a rectangle, but a rectangle is not a square kind of thing. It's it's really <laughs> deep philosophy. We could go on. That's a whole nother episode about. No, I think about, it's a different podcast. Yeah, that's a whole nother different podcast about you know just hating on green in magic in general. Uh, that that I, I assume go that's on. the podcast that you record with other people, not us. Yes, no, that is that is friends in magic who hate green. Uh, so <laughs> it's, it's, 
it's fam with a gig uh, that you put together. But, you know, that's a whole different thing. We've got a whole bunch of sponsorships lined up that are all anti-vegetarianism. It's great. You know, it's, it's fantastic. <laughs> anti-vegetarianism? Yeah, I mean, we're anti-green, so it just makes sense, right? The audience is lined up. Wait till you see the HelloFresh for that one. But- <laughs> <laughs> wow, you guys have a HelloFresh sponsorship? It's Oh, yeah, we're building on it. Don't worry. But the one thing that is fresh in everyone's mind is the organized play announcement for Magic the Gathering. Nice segue, Brasky. Moving on to the next one. Stop, stop reading the show notes out loud. Okay. <laughs> and wait, does it actually say nice segue, Brasky? <laughs> I, 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 I need to give myself some like boosts of confidence as we keep talking about these things. But with organized play, we finally got the announcement here at the end of March about what organized play is going to look like going forward into 2022, into 2023, and, and what that'll be. And, and you know what? This... This has been something that has been a part of the, the larger discourse of competitive play in Magic. There's been a lot of tweet threads. There's been a lot of hot takes. There's been a lot of all these things of what they think will and won't happen and all of these kinds of things, especially with like, is there, you know, it's going to be all arena related or Magic Esports. We need to get back to tabletop and Panda and everything that goes along with it. And we finally got a glimpse into what is going to happen with organized play. And the very first sentence of that announcement was simply just said, the Pro Tour is back. Sweet. That seems like something most people would be agreeable to. And what they went on to do is kind of lay out a whole kind of pyramid of the idea of the World Championships, the Pro Tour, which is kind of like everyone's that's the best from everyone's region. And region is really kind of a continent thing. And then they talked about regional championships which is how you qualify for those spots. And then you talked about the regional championship qualifiers, which is like the stuff you do at your LGS. And they laid out this map essentially of like LGS, regional championship, pro tour, world championship. And then talked about all the different organizations involved, the people that are like how you can join in from it, ways in which you can access it. Because uh, you could get the sense from it that they were trying to answer a lot of questions and a lot of grievances that people had to the last system, which was the magic pro league and then the rivals league and all that kind of stuff which was a very you know it was a very consolidated group of amazing players but was a very exclusionary thing and the thing that we want to talk about today was kind of this announcement all the things that they tried to touch on with it and what our feelings about it what questions do we have what other stuff out there is like "Mm, this is kind of a bummer or this is freaking awesome and i will state like from the start of it the general Twitter discourse, the twist course, if you will, is 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 positive. The twist course is positive. Wait, can discourse like be positive? I think that was why, like that that was my issue. Like I was looking through refreshing Twitter, going, "Where's where's the hot takes? Where's the tweet longers of like why this is the downfall of Magic?" It wasn't there. Most, but at the same time, no one was sitting there like like Magic is saved. Like, we're, yeah, we've got it and everything. Everyone also sitting there kind of like, and I guess this is as best you can hope for on the internet, is the general, like, sentiment of folks was, yeah, it seems good. <laughs> yeah, like, I feel okay. like that's, like, a success. Like, if you do that, like, whoever, like, is, like, the Pro Tour, like, organized play people, like, I'm sure Huey Jensen and, like, all those other folks are sitting there just being like, what is it? Well, they don't hate it. We won. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's, I, I do say that there's a lot to unpack from this, but I guess to start off with, like, uh, you know, Nicole, Caroline, 
what what was your first impression of it? And if there's anything that really stood out to you from the announcement, either from like the details in FAQ or just the fact that I'm really glad that this is happening or it sucks that this is a thing. Uh, okay, I'll go first. Um, overall, it you know, better better than what Brasky was saying, which is like, oh, this is okay, or I don't hate it. I, I think it's really good. I think there's um there's some things that we've all been waiting for, you know, specifically returning to paper magic return of the term pro tour so that we can just use it without (laughs) being (laughs) corrected every time. (laughs) That's super nice. Um, I think the structure is pretty cool. I, we didn't have it for a super long time, but the regional little regional pro tours that led into the pro tour finals um, that kind of happened in 2020, that structure seemed like, you know, it could have some promise and this is that, with some extra thinking. Um, I think honestly the biggest correction is changing of what a region is. I think originally, I don't quite remember the the details since it was literally two years ago, but in general, the regions were like kind of like North America, Europe, or North and South America, Europe, and then Asia. And that's just like, wasn't enough regions. And so now from, I think what I can tell there's seems to be a lot of different regions, which is yeah, pretty there's cool. Like, there's like USA, Canada, Europe, Middle East, and Africa. There's Australia, New Zealand, China, Japan, Southeast Asia, Chinese Taipei, Brazil is in there, mm-hmm. Mexico, Central America, South America. So there's a lot of different regions of that whole spot. Yeah. So that's like a huge improvement on the system. I think steps are really good for a player, for, for a player like myself. Um, like I started really competing in Magic just as the OG PTQ kind of dis- dissipated. I think I maybe went to one in Vancouver. And of course they have reasons why they were fun mostly honestly attached probably to nostalgia like i i've heard stories like from the west coast people like vancouver people would always get excited to go see the seattle people like once or twice a year with these cool ptqs and all that and i get that like i get that that's what it was like back then i think the smaller little stepping stools is is less um all in and you can kind of schedule it on your own and since i um love the vml and one of the things I love the most about the VML is the fact that it is so flexible compared to any other magic tournament. Um, I'm going to gravitate towards something where you can, you know, decide when to win, <laughs> which clearly, you know, I'm into. Um, and so I think the smaller little scales is pretty cool. The, the not gripes, I don't know what the right word is. The confusion, I think, is probably the better term that I have um, stem from. I'm kind of confused on the consistency of the regional championship level um, digging into, and I've not dug into it enough, but I'm already noticing quite differences between each region and some of them, which are tournament organizer specific. So like DreamHack is only one for all of the U S but it has a big, pretty big prize pool. Whereas Canada actually has two every season, one in the West coast, one in the East coast, but they're significantly smaller prize pools. So like that stuff is kind of interesting to me. Um, I haven't really operated with Lotsy. Like we haven't really seen wizards where they've given up that much, not control, I guess, but like they didn't really, they clearly didn't make the decisions for DreamHack versus face-to-face versus the Europe. Like they said, here's your invite, here's your goal, you do you. And that's pretty interesting to me. Kind of a fun little thing, like not what we're used to seeing. Like we we're we've lived in an era of Grand Prix that were kind of cookie cutters for the last like two years, all by CFB. So this is very different to that. However, it does create some like sadness. It's like, oh, DreamHack looks cool, 
but it's only one thing. Whereas like Europe's got their stuff with like a bunch of like, you know, tournaments leading up to that. I don't want to call them Grand Prix, but they're, they look somewhat like Grand Prix. Whereas if we yeah, don't currently if, have that. And, if it looks like a Grand Prix and <laughs> prays like a Grand Prix. Yeah. Yeah. It's that. So there's just a bunch of different things. And like, I don't know from a Canadian, I'm like, wow, I'm so excited that I have a West coast choice. Um, I'm kind of confused if I could technically go to both. Like if I won two RCQs in the same season, could I attend both? That was confusing to me. I don't know the answer and um, I don't really need to know the answer now. It's like literally forever away. Um, but that's like something interesting. Like, is that built into the system? Was that an accident? Like what, can I win an RCQ in Vancouver and also one in, Van in Denver? Can I go to both? I don't and know. These are just questions I have. <laughs> and that was maybe the biggest thing as well was, was there is, there maybe is such a thing as too much flexibility. Like they left a lot of flexibility to the regions and the organizers in those regions. But the one thing they did say is that like you can play in a, in a regional championship. Like you can play in qualifiers in any region, but you can only qualify in a regional championship of one region. So if you went to Denver and did win a regional championship, that's cool. You can't win a regional championship in Canada now. Oh, okay. Well, that's oh. good that they answered that because I literally didn't know that. Yeah, you can yeah. qualify in two different ones, but you can only go to one. Regional. Yes. You can, you can, they actually, I, I think uh, Q was on today uh, on the stream, the, the Magic stream, and answered a lot of questions. But like you said, a lot of it was like, he had to kind of defer to be like, ask your regional organizer, ask your regional organizer, ask your regional yes. organizer. And it's just like, not that I think that he needed or they needed to have all of the answers today, but there's definitely still a lot of questions that a lot of people have, I think. Mm -hmm. And that was the FAQ, basically. It was like, well, what's what's the answer to this question? Well, for the most part, the regional, which is why they provided so much flexibility to this, which is why, like, that's the question is like, it's too much flexibility is a bad thing. I, I guess is you can play in any region you want to, but if like regional qualifying for a regional championship does not transfer over. So if you play in Denver and qualify for the North of like the, the USA regional qualifier, you can't say, well, I live in Vancouver. Can I go participate in that one? No. But if you win the Denver, if like you get a Denver regional championship qualifier and you go to the Denver or the USA regional championship, that's cool. But you can't say I qualified in Denver and then I can play it in Canada. Okay. But but can I also win one in Vancouver and then go to the Canadian one later? You're saying so. No. If if you if you qualify if, for if I the ten DreamHack, yes, in Atlanta, I can't go to the Canadian ones. You can. You just get to. You just have to choose. It just simply says you can only go to one of them of the, like the of the regional championships to go to the Pro Tour. You can only go to one regional championship. Yeah. The, yeah. So it's like, hey, do I have to play in the regional championship where I live? Most of the time, yes. If you want to play in a regional championship other than the one where you live, you'll need to win a regional championship qualifier that best suits that thing. And then from there, they said, if you you can participate in them, but if you win a regional championship, you cannot go to another regional championship and win one. All right. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um. So then the other thing, the other comment I'm kind of taking all the space but the other comment i noticed or a thought i had was um we are used to you know some structure um but we're also used to this world community because we've just come from the last two years of being online so generally i have a group of 12 people that i play with 
um, called Art Art Light. Arclight? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Embarrassing. It's the Canadian pronunciation of Arclight. Yes. Sub in our real team name, please. Um, and we come from a variety of countries, including Canada, the U.S., and the Philippines. And over the last two years, we have not had to give any sort of, you know, edit or descriptor of like, oh, I want to play in this tournament, brackets, U.S. only or Canada only or etc. And one, I could see trouble already based on what you guys are saying that frequently asked questions went like, and just all the questions I had as someone who travels for multiple places. It sounds like it's going to be a little different than that. Like someone's going to post like, oh, I'm going to this PTQ or this RCQ or whatever the words are, um, you know, and someone's going to say, oh, well, does that qualify for mine? Or can you, can can you use it with me or will I see you? Like, it's just going to require a lot more communication, which, which is fine. We're opening back up. I kind of get that, but it's funny because wizards has accidentally created quite a interesting online community with this, all these like melee events and set championships and kind of gotten rid of the border, the boundaries of different countries. And then we're kind of put them all back a lot of them. (laughs) So it's going to be interesting to see. It feels a little bit like nationals. Like um, it was confusing to me whether back in the old national system, which one I could go to. And like, I guess I could only go to one, <laughs> but yeah, I don't but know. Maybe, maybe it promotes better international play. Cause it's like, yeah, come play in this one in Denver. And it's awesome. Oh, you won. Great. You need to come back in a few months for the actual regional championship. Yeah. That's <laughs> a little, I'm a little annoying, but yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, sure. Good. It seems fine. But what isn't confused? What is confusing to me is how is that going to integrate with our current online play system? Both melee, like what will happen to melee events? I don't know. I literally don't know. Um, moto stuff, like how does that work? It's going to be interesting. There's going to be a lot of interesting stuff, Nicole. Yeah. When you look at kind of what's going on between all the spots, what's your impressions of that? I am cautiously optimistic. Uh, I, I said in the notes, I'm in camp, like wait and see, because I'm a jaded old lady. And I've seen OP make many, many choices and many, many turns over the years from like the old GPs and having multiple. It's funny because we talk about flexibility, but at the same time, sort of like rigidness. So like, I feel like there's a lot of flexibility below DreamHack, but DreamHack is the only one organizing in in our region. I'm speaking of, I guess I live in I live on Long Island. I live in New York. Oh, next to I was gonna say I was gonna say New York, but then I couldn't. So <laughs> um, I love that. just and I've seen, you know, I've been to, you know, it's oh, this GP is run by CFB, this GP is run by Star City, this GP, and you go to all the, and they're all run different and they all feel different. So it, it's gonna be. I said I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. I think DreamHack is great. We actually almost went to the DreamHack. It would have been in like May of 2020, I think, because I wanted to go see uh, StarCraft actually being played. We were looking for. Oh to that. yeah, I forgot that was your secret talent. <laughs> yes, uh, I'm not very good, but it's enjoyable and it's something uh, that I like to do with uh, Jim and John. I was and, going to do the same thing to play a different digital card game that shall not be named that we've named several times, but that's all. <laughs> but <laughs> um, we ended up not going. And it's, it's funny to me that they're also like moving to DreamHack and DreamHack's going to be taking over all this stuff, but that they also got rid of like Magic Esports, right? Isn't that like no more a thing? So to trying, me, that's like, so that was strange. Be... Oh, sorry. I stole your no, thunder. That... 
<laughs> no, that was going to be my bit at the beginning of this. It'd be like, I want to find out the organized play announcement. I'm going to check out at Magic Esports and see what what happened. Where did they go? Oh my god! Because Magic Esports lasted for just a little shade over a thousand days mm. before that Twitter account now has gone inactive, and now it's at Play MTG to just be a bookend for everything esports and paper magic. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about that. I kind of like the whole one size fits all, like go here for all of your needs. Like somebody asked that during the FAQ, like, where can I go? And the answer that they were given was magic.gg for all of your resources. And I'm like, not the best website to navigate. I don't know if y'all have tried. Like it's, you know, much love because I'm sure a lot of work has been put into it over the years and it has improved, but it's still very difficult to navigate. And I think being able to find the answers to the questions that people are looking for, some of them are out there and available and they're just too hard to find. Some of them haven't been answered yet, but some of them are there and they're just not you know, capable of finding them. So hopefully this is a consolidation and not a concession for esports. That's what I'm hoping. Um, we'll see. <laughs> and, and that was kind of one of the things that they said. It's like esports are still going to be a path to get to these things, right? It's just that the the top level of that pyramid of the world championships and the pro tour are going to most likely going to be paper. But they did say, uh, as they were talking about, they said a few things. One, set championships after this season, not a thing. So there's no more set championships. And then they also said on top of that is like, well, what about, you know, ladder rankings and qualifier weekends. And they said that they, they are still finalizing the path to the pro tour for 22, 23, but uh, they want to basically say that there will be qualification paths in both arena and magic online. They said that those two things, there will be paths to qualify through both through those things. And there will be a full detailed announcement of that in late April is like the digital magic organized play announcement. The, DMOP, if you will. <laughs> That's going to be Demop. in April 22. Yeah, DEMOP is going to be April 22. Demop where they it will up. sit there. Yeah. Should we, should we copyright they, the phrase so that they have to pay us? Yes, absolutely. DEMOP, patent pending. They'll is, finally call us. Exactly. But they said that they, it's going to be a part of the Premier Play system, and they're going to support competitive events on both platforms. They'll have more information in April. And then they also kind of talked about how uh, there's going to be qualification paths beyond the ladder is kind of what they said for arena. It's like they, they, they know that ladder is a thing, um, but they said that there will be ways to qualify for these events that are not ladder centric, which is kind of, I think, a good thing overall. Like just only ladder grinding is kind of miserable and it's not a really actual showcase of skill in a lot of different ways. And then at the very least, the, the one last thing they said about Magic Arena is that uh, Arena Opens and those things will continue. They will always do Arena Opens. They will always do those types of things, which is kind of cool as well. Okay. So I have to say, <laughs> I think we have a good variety of personalities on this episode because to me, what has happened is I feel like I'm like a senior in high school or college where this is like the fourth time that they've changed the curriculum on what you need to like graduate or whatever. But I'm just like, whatever, I guess I'll just figure it out when it comes time to submit my things like in November or whatever, I'll figure it out and I'll just make it happen. Cause I've adjusted four times in the last four years. And whereas Brasky, it's like kind of his first in the first change since you joined 
magic and kind of got into it. I've only had to buy this textbook once. Like, yeah. That's it. yeah. <laughs> Whereas I'm over here being like, well, I remember when you used to have to walk into the left door, but now you have to walk into the right door with your book in hand. And it's like, I don't even care anymore. Just tell me what to do and I'll do it. That's sort of what I feel like. I don't know. I, I don't know how to qualify for all these cool events. I hope someone will eventually tell me. Um, it's nice to know digital is still a thing. Um, someone call me when I should go to an event. That would be great. <laughs> um, That's, is that what they need? They just need like an app or something or just yes. like some sort of be like, hey, type in your zip code and like the formats you play. That'd and be you'll great. get a buzz on your phone. Um, for what it's worth, that used to literally exist. Dang. It was it was called a Wizards Event Locator, um, and I actually legitimately used it all the time. And I don't think it exists anymore. And now I'm curious, and I'm going to Google oh, it. Wasn't it like locator dot wizards dot something? I used to use yeah. that site all the time. There was also there used to be uh, like years ago. It was like MTG Mom, and it was just like a website you could go to do. Well, no, the one I'm describing was an actual Watsy thing. Yeah, yeah, it was locator dot wizards dot but it, something. Oh, here, store and event locator. I'm curious if it still works. Does it? Yeah, I locator locator.wizards.com. I guess we haven't used nope, it. We're doing this this yeah. Great, great stuff that we got going on here. So, like, I swear I used to use this site actually fairly regularly. You could sort by uh, premier level play. You could sort by, like, PPTQs, RPTQs, Pro Tours. You could also sort by FNM. You could sort by, like, format, limited, pioneer, et cetera. And I swear to God, I use it like on a weekly basis. I'd be like, okay, I have the weekend free. Let's pull up local Vancouver and see what's up. Um, so that just needs to come back. That'd be great. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm very much optimistic and happy. I think there could have been many worse things announced today. Yeah, um, they're going to sure. sit there and be like, we're ready to talk about the next chapter in Magic Esports. <laughs> I think I also fundamentally understand the structure like they're they're reusing pieces of information i already have in my brain so that's like a you know a pptq system to the rptq system kind of esque stuff i understand the parameters i do not i did not pay attention in any way as to like how well you have to do at any of these events i literally have no idea i have heard things like top 32 top eight top nine like i don't know i stopped paying attention so someone also when i'm at these events tell me That'd be great. Thanks. Um, that those kind of details I feel like have just changed so much over and over the years that I have given up caring and just someone tell me if I qualified or not. Um, that's not a great attitude, but Brasky's here. So he'll be the keener and tell you all the things. That, that was the one kind of note I had was that it was that they have this, like they don't have pro points. They have adjusted match points. They call them AMPs. I'm going to say amps because we had dumps. So we're just going to keep going that way. And Papas is, um, but and, like adjusted match points are the the system in which players who do consistently well but don't like do top eight or any of that kind of stuff. Like if you've done consistently well over like three pro tours or whatever it is, you'll get into. There's a way. For, there's a path for you to get in just with consistently doing well. And they're like at the pro tour level. So one feedback I got from like group chats because that's literally how i got exposed to all this i'm sorry y'all i did not do great research i just listened to all my group chats all day it sounds like once you're there it's fairly okay to stay but it's difficult once you're out it's difficult to get all the way back into the system it sounds yeah. like at the regional qual or regional championship level it's fairly like all in you either do well or you don't and then once you make it to the pt there's like some systems all these little whatever amps <laughs> that you can kind of chain together some stuff. That's kind of cool. But 
there's some problems with like, what do you do if you don't always get there? So that was a definite thing on that side was the, the fact that a lot of the um, like pro tour points and match points and that kind of stuff was not for the regional qualifiers. It was for the pro tours. Like when you hit a pro tour, which is not the world championship, but when you hit a pro tour, that's where the match points come in. And so basically if you hit a, it's, it, it, it was basically running down. Like if you hit top eight, so it, it, the match points come into play after you earn your first nine points. Mm-hmm. And then after that, if you get a top eight, top eight means you get at least 12 additional match points. And if you have 39 or more, then you automatically qualify for the next pro tour. That was like that thing. Cool. Anything for the regionals? Yeah, no. It's like, okay, well that there's a, there's a, a, a possible pain point there. Nicole, when, when you think about like, they're trying to kind of do this is like, Oh, we want pro points. This is pro points at home. Like that kind of thing. Like there's, I get that they're trying to make alternative paths to get to these pro tours and other spots. Um, is it enough on that side? Do you think that there's other avenues of this organized play system that, that are in play that are, are things we should be focusing on? What do you think? Well, very disappointed to find out that the last pro tour does not count towards this either. So it was a sad day in this household, but, mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, I do, I did see that for the next like regional uh, qualifiers and everything, they're actually taking more people than they will normally in the future. So I think more people will get a shot to kind of get on the train as far as it were. At least they're kind of starting with just like a brand new batch. Like the first pickings are going to be from the Streets of New Capetta Pro Tour or set championship premier organized play event, whatever you call it. I'm not going to put those letters together. I'm I'm not going to put those letters together. (laughs) So... I, I'm actually, I'm just so happy that I could just say pro tour now. <laughs> so I, so I think this kind of goes, this overlaps with my theory of earlier where I'm like, oh, I'm like the jaded college student and you at y'all are at least that one over there in the corner is the fresh meat because this is the third refresh of the system. And it is nice at least to see them recognize that if they're going to do a refresh, they have to add more intake early. They can't just like start from scratch, but have a normal amount of intake. It doesn't work that well, which they have literally shown over the last other intakes. Um, because I think historically there's been some PTs where the winner actually, no, not historically, literally like the last PT. Um, there was someone or such championship that was qualified that won the freaking set championship was not qualified for this set championship. So like, they're trying to fix that. I got to give them some credit. I think there's still this like knee jerk slash I don't know if you call it knee jerk, but it's been four year reaction to um, kind of allowing a lot like a, a small group of people to be able to chain for like four or five years together with the MPL history and all that. They're trying to like avoid that, but I still think they're kind of going the wrong way. Like I, I, it seems to me they're bending out of their way to not have pro points when I think with some care and adjustment, you can fix a pro point system instead of just not calling the pro points. Like it's sort of like when the last time when they announced the, the set championships and they didn't want to call them the pro tour, it's like, are you fixing the pro tour? Or are you just like avoiding calling it that? Like it's, it's interesting to me. I think there's a lot of like, Oh, we want to make sure we're showing change. We're showing growth, but names aren't really like what causes that. It's actually the structure of the thing. So I propose that they try and shy away from not using a certain name and just try and fix the system itself. But 
yeah whatever i think one of the other spots that was in there as well was was so the you know you had the world championship and you had the pro tours and below the pro tours is the regional championships which is kind of i guess the set championships is that kind of thing it's like you do the regional championships to get to to the pro tours and they did say that like so pro tours they said like pro tours are going to be like 300 people like 300 players qualify around 300 per event world championships going to be 128 you know, pro tours are 300 below that. The regional championships have invites that are from that spot below. So you can play that regional championship qualifier, the stuff that you do at your LGS that gets you an invite, but also there are many other ways to get invites to regional championships. There's digital ways to get invites to regional championships. They and the tournament tournament organizers can give out invites to the regional championships, which I think is good because that they, they can be used for many different reasons that are, mm-hmm. that I think are all legitimate. And so that is where I think like, okay, that's the realm where that seems like the level where you really expand the base of invites and people participating for various amounts of reasons that probably give everyone a shot into that kind of thing. And then they also did bring back hall of fame invites. Um, oh, that's one of my gri- gripes. Is that yeah? They they Hall of Famers can attend. They can go to one regional championship, and they can go to one pro tour per season. Was their thing? Okay, so it's a gripe. Just so you know, I don't hate Hall of Famers. That's not why it's a gripe. <laughs> yeah, it's screw a gripe those boomers. Yeah, because they have to match mm-hmm. the regional championship that they go to is also the pro tour that they'll go to. Yep. So unless they literally come first, so they qualify for worlds, it literally doesn't matter how well they do. And it is bizarre to me that they have to match. Yeah, that, that didn't make any sense to me either. It doesn't make any it still doesn't make sense to me. Someone tried to justify this whole worlds thing. It's like, oh well, they're playing for a slot at worlds. It's like, okay. Right. <laughs> but why do they have to match? Like that doesn't it's wild to me. Like they're better off just going to the pro tour and trying to qualify for worlds that way. Honestly, like yeah. instead of trying to like come in first at the actual the regional, I, I don't I'm know. I'm willing to admit that there's probably a logistic reason why they're doing it this way, and that's totally fine. It's you know we're sitting here in our cute little we don't have to worry about you know the ten different departments and the different budgets and the different all that. That's fine. I get that that we're missing a lot of information, but from a fundamental idea of like oh we get to invite you to these two things. It was actually one thing. <laughs> that was the only thing I didn't like. Like, tell it as it is. You, they're invited to the pro tour, and if they feel like it, they could show up to the regional thing beforehand. They're not yeah, invited my, to two events. <laughs> I think this actually might be like they've I announced agree. a lot of stuff today that I also wouldn't put it past them in an organizational structure for someone to point this out, like on Twitter or other spot, and have them and they sit there and go, "Oh, that's actually a good point." Because between like the first the first actual like regional championship qualifiers and stuff like that starts in July, so there is time for them to be like, on second thought, we have made minor adjustments in this way. So I could see them maybe that's something that they adjust in some way, shape, or form that says, you know, yes, no, if you have if you have for all of those out for all of you Hall of Famers out there, the this many people of and Brasky made a motion with his hands of a tiny group that is like <laughs> you know pointing that out is the is the fact that they might point that I'd be like, oh, that's actually, we actually need to make a, a minor adjustment in that way and say, yeah, you can attend any regional championship you want to, to try and get to a different pro tour, but you can also go to your region's pro tour, that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. It, it's hard to tell. It's really nitpicky. It's only like a small group of people, but um, it's just something that stuck out to me as just being like the most obvious thing in the world. And I was like, 
okay. <laughs> I don't know. I know. I, I think overall I'm happy. I'm excited. Uh, I do sort of need someone to tell me what to do when. Um, oh, I had one last like observation. If that's okay. Bring it. Okay. So a couple of years ago, I can't quite, honestly, I literally can't remember which organized play system it was because there's actually been so many. Um, but there was this concept where local WPN stores could apply to the Wizards Play Network to create a, I think they were ultimately like PPTQs or maybe RPTQs. I don't know. They, basically, the idea was instead of Wizards saying, everyone, here's a PPTQ for you to run or here's a PTQ for you to run. If you guys let us know a cool way that you want to do a tournament, then we'll approve it. Now, I'm like butchering this and I don't have a lot of details, but I do know that some sort of thing happened like this where like wizards put the onus on the store to come up with these cool ideas. I spoke to a couple local stores about it. So I, I know it happened fundamentally. Um, I don't have a lot of details, unfortunately, but what I am getting is slight vibes on that style. And I'm nervous because um, it's a, it's a lot harder to get like 45 stores to come to you than to you to go to 45 star stores. Um, and as a magic player in general and spending time on Twitter and spending time in these group chats, consistency is actually kind of a really big, people, people feel pretty passionate about consistency, especially magic players. So, um, having it kind of be reversed and having, like, I believe what's happening is like, you can go to DreamHack as a store and say, I want to run a, a qualifier event for you. Um, there's a whole, there's a whole kit that you buy for 50 bucks. <laughs> yeah so i'm just like nervous and i'm excited to see how that works out <laughs> um but it is historically a harder way to get something done and so i mean hats off to wizards because they're kind of putting it on the the organizers and i'm sure the organizers were not told like this morning hey this is happening like i'm sure that they've had ample time to prepare their processes and their plans and though you probably don't know this too much about me in the podcast world, but in general, I'm a very big fan of like process and preparement and, you know, documents like SOP documents that kind of tell you what to do. And so I'm hoping, God, I'm such a nerd. I'm hoping that the organizers have done this in some way and have, you know, boundaries and expectations and guidelines set for when hopefully stores come and offer to run qualifying events, which they will. I mean, let's, let's be real. Everyone's pretty excited, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'll give DreamHack credit. When their site launched, they had basically like FAQs and answers for if you are a store, if you are a player, this is what Magic Showdown is. Like, here's the price structure and where you sign up to find all these things. So at least there was like some answers on that. But you're right about the, the when you go to an LGS to qualify for that that regional qualifier thing. Like it can, re it's really up to the store. It could to be almost, it feels like whatever they want. It's like, we're going to do limited or we're going to do sealed or it's going to be pre-modern. Like it, it's like, you it could be legit anything that they want to, but at the very least there's, there's kind of a structure that they have listed down of like the criteria that your store needs to meet or the things that you have to offer in order to give out an event like this or mm -hmm. give out an invite like this. Yeah. I think it's going to be great. I just, my brain just kind of goes to this like, well, because Melee, I think had, there are still and continue to be some troubles of just consistency and understanding of player expectation. Now, the nice thing about 
local stores, like I'm not really going to get to experience too many different local scenes on how they handle this, right? Like I might play some stuff in Denver, maybe some stuff in Vancouver. And so I'll get to see the two differences there. That's probably pretty unique in terms of like everyone's experience. Like most people will get one city's experience and see how that works out. But uh, whereas with Melee, you got a chance to do them all. So you got to see the, you know, the inconsistencies between them. But I don't know. It's going to be cool. In the Atlanta uh, Regional Championship uh, at DreamHack, at least in, in, you know, in the USA, is going to be payouts to the top 64. First place is 30 grand. Second wow. place is 15. There's Pro Tour invites for the top 32 and World Championship invites for the top two. Nice. Kind of is, is what that'll be that they had. I was like, okay, well, that's pretty decent. It's nice well, payouts. And they also will have uh, like last chance qualifiers. So on Friday, there's Friday is a last chance qualifier to get into the regional championship when you get there. And then if you got knocked out on Sunday, there is a like qualifier for the next regional championship. Oh, so cool. if, if you got knocked out in those first two days, there's still like command zones and all those other things, but then there is uh, a way for you to, they'll have two different 10 K open events and then on Saturday and Sunday. And then they're also going to have a way for you to qualify for the next regional championship at like, you'll be the first to get a chance to qualify mm -hmm. for the next one on that Sunday. Um, do you know the answer to, for the dream hack specific, do you have to have a, a con pass? Like, do you have to pay to enter enter into the convention? So for that one, you need to yes, you, but the you'll get a specific Magic Showdown pass for DreamHack. But is so it you, like does it cost money? I believe so. Like most, uh, if I know most DreamHacks, you pay like they have different tiers of this is what your pass gets you. Like in the different regions you get into, and so there will probably be a Magic Showdown pass that you pay money for to get into. It does say here that at the the winner of a WPN qualifier gets an exclusive promo plus a DreamHack badge. Yes. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Because I was going to take it to DreamHack, but you can go to the DreamHack Magic. Okay, but that's I think fine, that's, that's fine. actually only the winner as as well. So I'm because it looks I think doesn't top eight get to go? But then, no, I think oh, that's the winner. Of the I, it depends on the qualifier? store and depends on the qualifier. Okay. Yes. Okay. So I, these are all details like literally no one has, and I, yeah. I'm happy to wait, but I was, I was hesitant to ex be happy about the system where you would win to qualify and then you have to pay to go in. Not that, a fan yeah, of that. No, if, so. if you, if you win, you get like, you get your dream hack badge to go in there, which honestly, like there's, I don't think anyone was going to logically allow that to happen. So that, yeah. that makes sense for me. And then if you like, if you still haven't qualified, you can buy your dream hack badge, participate in two of the 10 Ks. You can do the last chance qualifier. There's all the other things that you'll see at a, a dream hack magic event and stuff, which is cool. So I don't know. There's, there's a lot to unpack and we will continue to unpack it. Uh, in, in as as the days, weeks, and months go forward, because this thing doesn't even start until July anyway. Yes, well, I just the, have the qualifiers start in July. Like the actual event is yeah. depends, but sometime in November. Yeah, Dream Dreamhacks in November, but yes, Nicole. My final remark is Rip Legacy. By the way, yeah, it's just like I I, I know it was on the way out, but <laughs> it is on on the outs outs now when they're telling you that you know tell your store to play you know the the. The, Any the, format the region, they want. The more modern, like, oh, sorry, it's, it's top sealed deck with top eight drafts, standard, modern, or pioneer. They don't even mention legacy. It's all gone. It's done. Put a yeah. fork I mean, in it. It's, it's a tough <laughs> one when, like, like the average legacy deck is like five Gs. 
right what, now. Would you say you'd put a fork bolt in it? <laughs> no, uh, no, never. Call back too soon. Which leads us to our next pod, our next podcast, all about the legacy format. It's called Dying with Dignity, and we're going to be moving on to other spots. Is it all about Grixis legacy? No, we're only talking about the ways and means of 8-cast. Like, that's it. It's just mono blue 8-cast. That's all where we're focusing on. And then there's, like, going to be a six-part, like, like mini-series event all about painter surfing. I'm busy that day. Oh, okay. Uh, We'll we'll figure something out. It's going to be great. How about Maverick? Maverick fine? I'm actually good. potentially playing Legacy at the NRG Minneapolis, but I'm not sticking around for that, whatever that <laughs> is. <laughs> well, there's plenty to unpack that we're kind of it, overall, we're feeling cautiously optimistic. We're feeling good <laughs> like that they're the classic might be, Caroline, right? <laughs> we're all just kind of cautiously optimistic about what's happened. I'm glad to see that the focus is on paper and that there's going to be in a very event focused kind of thing, like people gathering together to play the game and focus on the gathering part of magic like that. That is very cool, but there's still a lot of questions and things that remain to be seen. The two last points I'll leave with is the two magic cards that I got from our discussion today. First one, jaded old lady. I need someone to make jaded old lady followed by, which I'm assuming is a creature. And then the other one is going to be what I think is an enchantment. And that is rigid flexibility. Is, those are the two magic cards. Did you write that, that down? Yes, I wrote. I like as I listen to you speak. I just sit there and be like, I'm going to write these things down if I hear a good magic card. Jaded old lady and rigid flexibility are the two magic cards. Did I, I say need. both of those, or did Nicole say one? Nicole said both. I oh, Nicole. Nicole said both. Okay, good because I was like, I don't remember either of those. <laughs> I'm I'm picturing jaded old lady as a mix between like mother of runes and, and goblin matron, but kind of like with a bunch of like that costume jewelry all over with like a, a cane and stuff like a la. Yeah. It's definitely know. red, white, black. 18, like that's ooh, the, I like that. Yeah. Like that's where that's coming from. <laughs> like it's a, it's a Mardu creature for sure. Absolutely. Rigid flexibility. I'm not like it, it has to have white, but I'm not exactly sure what else is in there. It's like there's, you can do whatever you want. Can it be a hybrid? <laughs> Rigid flexibility. It has to be like, it's all colored symbols, but Throw Phyrexian in it just to be crazy. Like, why not? Why not? <laughs> All I want to know is that I want to know what the what those cards would look like. And people can let us know by creating that card and tweeting it at us at fam underscore podcast. But when that happens, we'll be make sure, making sure to comment on it and tell you what we think about it. Because all of these other wonderful co-hosts will have different places around the internet. You can talk with them and communicate with them all over the place. So... As we leave it there for today, Caroline, where can people find you on the internet and things that you do? Well, you can find me physically in the Bahamas next week. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You can find me mentally on Twitter at Mighty Linguini. You can find me on Instagram. Maybe I'll actually use my Instagram because I'll be in like a nice place. I'll I'll participate in the facade of creating fake Instagram worlds. (laughs) Anyway, that's at The Mighty Linguini. (laughs) You can find me one of these days on Twitch at twitch.tv slash the mighty linguinis. I exist and sometimes stream. <laughs> and Nicole, where can people find you mentally, physically, metaphorically, and maybe, <laughs> and maybe existentially? Uh, in, or on the island. <laughs> on Long Island. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Lady of the Crease and doing commentary for the VML at twitch.tv slash VMLMTG. 
awesome. And of course, you can find me on Twitter and Twitch at Brasky1142. You can find out all about the podcast at fam underscore magic and make sure to leave us a review on your favorite podcasting platform and subscribe to us as well for, I mean, how else are you going to find about, about the newest and hottest magic cards like Jaded Old Lady and Rigid Flexibility? And we know <laughs> that we appreciate all the rigid flexibility that our listeners show us by always listening to these episodes and sharing them out wherever they are. And we'll be sure to bring you all back the next time we come together to talk about all the things magic and the gathering. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.